So, Lander, what are you doing this morning to prepare for the mission? I will be going out to town and getting supplies for the ship. Okay. And while out to town, I'm going to sneak off and go see Foss. Fantastic. So we will start with you. So you go off the ship. It's very early in the morning. You're going off to get some supplies. But instead, you go to Foss's place. So it's very early, and as before, you make your way there. Even though you know where it's at, it's still hard to find. You walk past it a couple times. And then you find your way down the alleyway. But the door is locked. Foss's place is not open this early in the morning. There's no signs for hours posted, but this early, is it's probably unusual that it would be open. But what would you like to do? I would like to knock even louder. Maybe they're sleeping inside. Like maybe this is also a residence upstairs. So I'd like to knock even louder and see if anybody opens the door. They do not. Is there any sort of back door or windows I could look in? Maybe I can see somebody or try the another door? So when you were in the warehouse the last couple of times, you know that it does open almost in like a loading area to the back, which was in those, in those instances always open. So if you do, there's a short, like a small wall beside you. If you jump that wall and then walk along the length of the building, there is a warehouse interest in the back. Okay, I would like to try and do that then. Okay, so uh, you are able to scramble over that wall, and you start making your way down towards the far end, and before you get to there, you start to hear voices, and uh, it sounds like they are yelling, and you think one of the voices is Cassandra, so go ahead and roll me a perception check. My perception is so freaking horrible. I got a 10, so that's a 9. You hear some words, and you're pretty sure it's it's Cassandra saying them. But what you can make out is, it's not fair. You never let me do what I want to do. And if there's any more before, after, in the middle, you can't quite hear that. But you definitely hear those words. And you can hear Foss responding, but you can't make out what he's saying. It's it's too muffled. Or it's just, you know, your ears can't quite make out the words. But they're clearly arguing. And you get to the very edge, and you are basically right at the corner of the door, which is open. Um, so you don't see anybody else around. But if you basically turn around, you'll be looking into the warehouse back towards where you've always waited for Foss or, or met with Foss in the past. Well, I'd like to see if I can go through the doors to uh, to meet up with Foss and Cassandra. Okay. Are you going to like try to sneak it all, or are you just going to turn the corner? And... No, just going to walk in. Okay. Go ahead and roll me another perception check. Even better. It's an eight minus one, so it's a seven. Perfect. We just lost the fourth member of our crew. <laughs> you hear Boss say, actually, what you hear are both of the voices just go silent. You know, they just, they're right in the middle of arguing. And then as you turn the corner, they're both just, they're not like the voices go away, but they just get super quiet, super quick. So you have no chance of hearing anything. And both, Foss and Cassandra like looks over her shoulder and Foss just sort of leans over on his chair like past her 
and they both are looking directly at you. They then look both back at each other. They look both back, both back at you again, <laughs> back back at each other again, and then Cassandra starts walking towards you. I say both of them, Foss, Cassandra, oh, I'm so glad to find you. I uh, I was worried that you wouldn't be here since the front door was locked, so I, I took the initiative to walk around back and let myself in. But it's imperative that, that I speak with you, Cassandra. Do you have a minute? For you, Lander, of course. What What is so urgent that you had to come here? I, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to, to work. I, I know. That's what I wanted to speak with you about. Uh, could you just could you just come over here with me for a sec? And I want to lead her like outside the building, maybe around the corner, out of Foss's eyesight. Okay, so she she looks over her shoulder at back towards him, and he gives her just a sort of a slight nod, like it's okay. And then she'll turn back around and give you a sort of a demure smile, and you know, teehees a little bit. Of, of course, Lander. What whatever do you need? All right. So as we we walk we walk around the corner, I uh, I grab both of her hands and hold them, and I say, Cassandra. I have some news to tell you. I'm I'm a little bit conflicted right now. It's been discussed amongst my crew for them not to give you the key. And they don't want you part of this operation. I I feel so conflicted though because I'm loyal to my crew and my brothers amongst them and I want to do as they say but I just I feel that it's so morally wrong for them to be doing this. I don't understand. Do, does your crew not trust us? What Have we done something to upset you? I, is it anything I've done? No, 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 of course not. I think they, they've been given a better offer for the key because you originally weren't going to give any money for it, just what else we could find. But they found somebody that actually wants to buy it and give us uh, some gold dragons for it. I just, like I said, I had to come here because I don't agree with them. I didn't think it was right. But uh, it's so, uh, it's so frustrating because. Slander, and she'll put her hand on your cheek. Calm down. I appreciate that you you came and and we will solve this. Come on, we need to let Foss know. Nothing, there's no harm, nothing can't be undone. Please come in, let us let us talk about this, because surely they're not going to go now. We have time, right? They're not going to go till later, I assume? Right, I th- the operation is tonight. Okay, great, well, we have plenty, plenty of time. Come on in. So she leads you back up to where Foss is. By the way, I only let go of one hand, so we're holding hands as we okay. walk back in. And, and she's absolutely walking hand in hand with you. Uh, she's like reassuringly patting your other hand. And uh, she leads you up to where Foss is and sits down. And she's like, we we need some tea. So she's going to go over and she'll start making some tea. And Foss just has that sort of big goofy looking grin. Just kind of like waiting. Well, hey, hey, Foss. Hey, Lander. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, What's I, going on? Uh, I'd I'd feel more comfortable if Cassandra tried to explain the situation to you. What? That's what I'm kind of talking about. <laughs> okay. A minute or so later, Cassandra comes back with a, a tray. It's got the, like basically like a teapot. She pours out tea to each of you, hands each of you a cup, and she starts sipping on hers, and she looks at Foss, and she talks pretty directly, not too loud, but, you know, a decent volume, and says, they're having second thoughts. They're not sure they want to give us the key. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. They start yeah. to have a conversation. 
they're drinking their tea and Foss, much like Cassandra, seems to be confused as to like why they would want to not fulfill their part of the bargain. Lander, are you drinking your tea? Cassandra served it? Yes, she did. I think I probably would then. Perfect. I need a constitution saving throw, my friend. I know where this is going, but I'm like, my character, yeah, he would probably drink the tea, especially if Cassandra served it. Yeah. An 18. Okay. The tea tastes a little funny to you. Not bad, but just doesn't taste like what you expected. Um, But probably wanting to be a good, you know, guest, even though it doesn't taste exactly right, you probably would still finish it. And um, and the, the conversation between Foss and Cassandra continues, but you can tell it's starting starting to get like a little bit sort of awkward. Like they're not really having anything else to say, and they they kind of keep looking over at you, and your eyes are getting kind of droopy. I mean, you have been up basically a long time at this point. You're getting really sleepy, but you have enough resistance to fight it if you want to. Yeah, I would. I want to turn to Cassandra, be like, "What kind of tea is this?" It uh. It tastes a little different than what I'm used to. Oh, I probably didn't put enough sugar in it here. Let me get you some more. I know. I'm good. I kind of weigh more. And I'm... Lander, you're you're not going to drink my tea? uh, No, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just tea's really not my thing. Well, I would feel terrible if the tea I made you didn't satisfy you. I, I would be embarrassed. And she gets up and she... Makes another cup for you. Please, Lander, please drink my tea. I think Lander probably doesn't know that's like poisoned or whatever. I'm assuming you don't. But at the same time, he doesn't want more because it tasted gross. And he doesn't want to be upsetting. Okay. So she'll put her, uh, she'll sit down and she'll grab your hand and, you know, put, uh, put her hand on yours and she's kind of rubbing it. It's like, I just, I don't know why this would happen. And, I don't understand why your friends don't trust us. And, and she'll actually take your hand and put it on her thigh. Whoa. And, and it's going to be one of these episodes. She's got to just like rubbing your hand, but it's also causing your hand to kind of go up and down her, her leg just a little bit. And, you know, I, mean, I, I really wish you would drink some more tea. I just, I feel terrible that I made bad tea for you. Uh, Sure. And I'll, I'll take like the tiniest sip to see if it still tastes strange. If it still tastes like crap, I'm just going to be like kind of putting it to my lips, but then putting it back down, not really drinking it. Okay. I'm going to have your own other saving throw. This one you get advantage on because you're you're barely tasting it, but she actually like just loaded this full of stuff this time. <laughs> you're just, just straight juice at this point. Uh, I critted. You uh, you take it, and it is, I mean, this is awful at this point. It's just not even funny. It's just straight drugs. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then she just kind of... Uh, Lander, I'm so sorry. It's all right. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna go somewhere, we can. I mean, yeah, we uh, we should go into my room. I was thinking maybe we should go back to the boat. We should go to my room first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> she will let you walk in front. She's kind of leading you on, and she's going to attack you and try to knock you unconscious. What? Yes. That bitch. And I gave her my heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, what is your armor class? What'd you roll? Uh, <laughs> Judging from the smile on his face. It's a 15 on the die, which I think is around a 23. <laughs> yeah, I have a 12. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. We're only level three here, Mike. Levels don't mean anything, man. So this counts as a sneak attack, so she gets her sneak attack damage. 
and it counts as a crit, so she gets double damage. A crit? <laughs> yeah, because uh, you hadn't acted yet, so it, atta- it counts as a crit. Any hit. He's an assassin. Oh, my God. Oh, here goes my HPs. Okay, so we'll do the regular attack first. 16 points of damage. Okay, wow. And now here's the sneak attack damage. 33 more. <laughs> I have 24 health. You do the math. No, I am dead because this is not was not a killing blow. She yeah, was trying to she was trying to knock you unconscious. I yeah, thought she negative, loved me. Yeah, you're negative conscious. Why is every time I love somebody, they just have to go out and hurt me? I don't know. Oh, okay. So we will move back to the ship where Lander or no, not Lander, uh, Cade, Everett, and Cranthon have finished their preparations. You went out to uh, procure a wagon, which you've done so. So it's now like ten o'clock in the morning. And Lander has not yet returned from uh, his trip into the town. I'll say that Cade's asleep at this point because everyone can zone out with your uh, whatever and trance, 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 trance. and Cranthon doesn't sleep. Uh, so Cade's asleep. You two are basically wasting time. And then you, again, that's when you realize that. Lander yeah, I, I've, I've been, since I've got back with the ship, I've kind of taken it slow. But uh, every now and again, I will go and put a half empty box or a small barrel or something on the on the cart so that it makes it look like it's actually getting use okay. uh, while we're stalling for the next, uh, say, six hours or so until uh, it's getting close to nighttime. Okay. So at that point, uh, Kate's still sleeping. I won't immediately bother him. I'll actually go to Cranthon, being that it's his brother, and I will uh, I will find Cranthon. Where is he at? He's just down in uh, the room trying to cast spells unsuccessfully. All right. Uh, so I'll knock on the door. Cranthon. Can I bother you a sec? Of course, Everton. What's going on? Um, so it's been a while. I don't. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, noticed. Uh, have you, you haven't happened to seen Lander, or he hasn't come down to to bother you, has he? No, I assume he's playing with his owlbear. Cut to the owlbear just destroying something somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> just ripping it apart. Cade still. Um, well, I, you know, to be honest, I hadn't given that a thought. Um, I can go check on that. You haven't seen him though, right? No, he went to. I know he went into town to get some supplies, but that was several hours ago. So he yeah. should be back any time now. Yeah, I don't think he's back yet. Um, supplies shouldn't take that long. I mean, he wasn't getting that much stuff, was he? Nah, he can take care of himself though. He should be fine. All right. Well, with uh, Cranton seeming unconcerned, uh, I will uh, close the door and let him get back to him um, concentrating on his spells. I will go up to. The up to the Albert room, I guess, which is probably also Lander's room. I'll uh, just to make sure that he's not in there, he didn't sneak in or get past me. So, uh, I, I take a peek into Lander's room, and uh, Albie is eating something that used to be important but is not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can be Albie for the rest of this adventure. <laughs> Uh, I'll be a Texa Everton. <laughs> he gets a thirty-nine. <laughs> um, the door explodes. <laughs> yeah, he just he uh, Everton offers him his phantasmal arm to chew on for a second. Um, no. Um, so yeah, there's definitely there's no sign of Lander. Um, Albie is taking care of Albie's self at the moment. So we'll say another couple hours pass. Cade wakes up. It's now time to like eat like normal lunchtime, and there's still no sign of Lander. Everyone will actually be cooking this meal since Cade was uh, since Cade was sleeping. But uh, so he'll um, as as 
Cade probably enters the galley at whatever point. Everyone will just kind of look over his shoulder and make sure that it's Cade. And he'll say, good, I'm glad you're awake. How'd you sleep? Great, Cade will say with a, a somewhat dejected look on his face. Is he, he sees you're already cooking, so he, he kind of takes the little chef hat that he was about to put on and just kind of tosses it into the corner. Yeah, you're welcome. Maybe that should stay there. But uh, more important matters, Lander hasn't come back. Was he supposed to? We only send him into town for supplies after we leave. I mean, I know the kid's young and he's prone to distraction and who knows what he got himself into, but uh, that girl friend of his had to have gone off to work by now, so he's either gotten lost or something bad's happened to him. How long did it take him when he went into town last time? It was like all day and he, he went for like a tuna and two vegetables, right? Yeah, but that's when he did say he met up with Cassandra in the market. Maybe he met up with her again. But she was supposed to go to work today to set up our entry this evening. So she's got to, hopefully she went to the mansion, which doesn't leave him much explanation. So Cranton's going to walk in, but he's just going to listen to what you guys are saying. He's not really doing anything. Cade's walked up to you by by this point and kind of stepped up on like a a crate and is, is looking. What are you cooking, by the way? Uh, I am sautéing some uh, peppers and an onion. Uh, okay, he'll kind of he'll kind of look at that and and look at you, and he's really only half paying attention to what you're saying. And he kind of opens a cabinet and starts rummaging through it. Uh, spice. Uh, here, put some of this on it. Before everyone can object, yeah, he just assumes you dump a pile of it. No, on he there. he did it. He just set it there. Okay. So 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 everyone will pick it up and look at it, and he'll sprinkle a little and, on. And it, it is it's like. Uh, yeah, it's cinnamon, in fact. Everyone will cover the top with his fingers and pretend to sprinkle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, extra that. Yeah. Maybe you should go get that chef hat as he slides it back into the cupboard. I just might. He kind of hops down and walks over. So so how long has he been gone? Six hours, at least. Six hours in Port Macklin. What kind of trouble could I get into? I don't know, Cranthon. What do you think? He's your brother. I don't know. He can normally take care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? Where's that's that a, damn owlbear? That's a damn owlbear. <laughs> Shit. Kate will pull out his he'll pull his uh, rapier out. It. I'm gonna get me an owlbear pelt. Alby comes tumbling down the steps with a bunch of clothes wrapped around in his fur, and the sails torn up in his teeth. <laughs> Or beak. <laughs> Just when we need mending. <laughs> Come get some. I th- I think we're going to need to go ahead and go get the key. Like, Lander can take care of himself. You and I will go get the key. And Everin can wait here and tell him the plan has changed. And so they can prepare when he gets back for us to go. But if he's not back by dark and you guys have already left, I'm going to have to go searching for him. I mean, say something something bad has happened to him, and you guys return, and it's just the three of us, and we have no idea what's happened to him. So, if I'm going to stay behind, yeah, that's and he fair. doesn't come back in a couple, in you know, an hour or two after you guys leave, then I probably need to go out looking for him. That's fair. If he's not back by we, what time are we supposed to leave to head out there? Like three? Well, it's outside of town. It'll probably take us an hour travel, so we need to get we need to leave probably an hour or so before sundown. Or you guys, in this case. All right, Cranthon, 
if we'll leave it three, you and I will leave it three with or without Lander because we've got to get the job done. And Everin, if he's not back by the time we leave, go find him because he would have been gone for nine hours at that point. And then something's clearly I agree. Wrong. It sounds like a, a good plan, uh, the best we can make with him being gone right now. And you have until the job's done to find him because we got to set sail. More than likely, we're going to be coming back hot. So, Oh, no, I totally expect that. Um, well, I get back to the boat as soon as we can, hopefully without anybody trailing us. All right, boys, food's almost ready. Cranton, you can, maybe you want to give it to us out where? Sure. And so Cranton would just pick up the whole entire thing and take it to the out there. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, <laughs> well, I let, guess let I'm Kate gonna... and I get our fill first before you go taking the whole pot. That that stinking out there. Take it, take it. Kate's saying <laughs> doesn't need the whole thing. Sure thing. Go ahead. <laughs> Everyone will dish out some. He'll wait for Cranton to leave, and then after Kate gets a couple bites in, he goes, "Oh, did you, you taste that cinnamon you you had me put in there? Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's got a good. It gives it a nice a nice burn." And Everett shakes his head because Kate has no idea <laughs> any spice or seasoning at all, which is why we oh so love his cooking. He actually has no sense of taste. Exactly. Yep. All right. So uh, your lunch will pass. It is now right at three o'clock. There has still been no word from Lander. Cranthon, do you want to go or do you want to go find Lander? I think it's too risky for me to go back into town. I've already made several trips to see Paleth, and they weren't very fruitful anyways. So you look over and there's still smoke smoldering in the distance. <laughs> they finally got the fire out. I, I really think we need to get this key because there's a lot of different factions that are vying for it right now. So it must be important. All right, then. Everybody take care of yourself and we'll see you back here. As agreed earlier. Good luck, boys. Right, so you guys get on your uh, wagon, and you start making your way out of town. Everin had scouted some of that earlier, so he's able to give you basic directions. It's not Basically, you go the right way, you'll run into it. There's really nothing else out that way on that road. Uh, it's probably going to take you about two hours to go there if you go there directly, which will put you there around five, which is not quite dark. It would be dusk. Are you guys going to like pull the wagon off partway through and then go on foot? Yeah, we're going to stop probably... Um... 20 minutes on foot, 15, 20 minutes on foot outside of the mansion and, and, and hide the wagon and then sneak in the rest of the way. And Cranton is going to be hidden underneath some blankets and stuff in the wagon for the whole trip. So you uh, you take the wagon off the road. You try to camouflage it some uh, to keep it you know somewhat hidden. Uh, you do have the horses, so I'll assume that you hobble them up a little bit further from the road, give them some plenty of food so they won't uh, whinny. And then you start making your way towards the mansion on foot. Uh, we will cut over to Everin. It is now like 5.30. Still no sign of Lander. As soon as Cranthon and Cade leave, he will gather his uh, serious adventuring supplies, make his uh, blades a little extra sharp, probably find a darker cloak, uh, have that ready. Take his non-essentials out because at this time, eight, eight nine hours gone, he totally suspects um, just bad things. 
unlike Lander, he's never been gone this long before, especially in a, in a port or a city that uh, he doesn't know too much about. Uh, so he's preparing himself for the worst. He will take the time to bandage his phantasmal arm so that he can walk uh, unaccosted and as normally as possible. And uh, sh- he'll leave uh, about then. As you are getting ready to leave, and you're getting you're going to disembark and go out looking for Lander, you see a somewhat familiar contingent of elven soldiers walking down the docks toward you. This is the same group, at least it's being led by the same person that visited you a few days before, the one who arrested Cade. So we have Garrett, the lieutenant, along with several other um, elven soldiers that are walking up towards you, and right as you're coming down, they sort of hail you as, uh, you know, as you're coming off the ship. I will respond back in in Elven. Hello, Sergeant. And what can I do for you? We need to speak to the captain. Uh, I will say that's unfortunate. He's actually off the ship right now. He is taking um, some supplies inside the city. Oh, that's no problem. We'll wait. And he starts to walk up the gangplank with his soldiers in tow. I will turn around and say, oh, Captain, I'm sorry. Uh, I have to leave too on some business. There's no one aboard the ship. I'm more than happy to, to wait, but you'll if you wouldn't mind doing it off ship, that would be outstanding. Are you denying me entrance onto your ship? No, I didn't I'm think not, so. but I would just prefer one of us be there, and there's no one on board right now, so it wouldn't make sense for you to be there. Well, then I would hate about, to be a bad host. Well, how about you just wait with us then? Uh, well, I too have some business inside. I'm uh, looking for one of our crew members that is uh, missing. And that's more important than Elven Empire business? I'm sure your friend is off getting wasted in a tavern somewhere, putting coins into the coffers of the Empire. So how about we just uh, wait on your ship for a while? Uh, well, he's been gone doing that for a while. and I must insist. Well, Captain, I would hate to make you wait, and I'm in a hurry. So if there's something that I can do for you, I, I would be more than happy to do it so that we can both get along to take care of the tasks that we both need to do. So in lieu of you waiting and me being late and possibly having more difficulty finding my crew member, what can I assist you with that is so urgently needed on deck that we can't do right here? Well, as I stated, I need to speak to your captain, Cade Thorngage. It is imperative that I do so. I, I intend to wait on your ship for him to return. I personally think it would be very rude of you not to join us while we wait on your ship, unless you would like to give us free reign to explore your ship at our leisure. I mean, I guess we could entertain ourselves that way. Well, like I said, he's off on an errand delivering some goods. He's not going to be back for a couple of hours. Surely the of an empire has better things to do with their guards uh, than wait just in a boring manner aboard a ship for no reason. If you need to speak with him, perhaps there's something that I can find or get for you aboard the ship that wouldn't take nearly as long. Well, unless you can produce Cade from your pocket, there's nothing I see that you can do for me at this point. I I need to speak to him, and I'm not going to leave until I do. Uh, Alas, uh, I cannot do that. Um, And like I said, he won't be gone for a couple of hours. So I would hate to make servants and good soldiers of the Empire wait that long. Is there perhaps another task that you can complete and then come back to wait? I really don't know how long it will take him to return. No, this was my assignment for the evening. I'm perfectly content to wait here. And he'll turn and start waking his way up the gangplank. 
How many guards are with him? Six. So I will wait for him and some of the guards to get on the gangplank and kind of usher them in with my uh, hand, um, you know, in a gesturing motion to, to, to lead on. Um, and once, say, uh, three or four of them are on the gangplank, I want to cast Grease and then stumble into the last one to see if I can knock them off of the gangplank. Okay. So we are going to cut back over to Cranthon and Cade. It's now about 6.30. You've been making your way towards the sunken hills uh, through the, the wilderness for about half an hour or so. It's now getting quite dark. There is a bright full moon that is rising on the horizon. It's a pretty cloudless night. Uh, lots of, you know, a billion stars twinkling overhead. And you are coming upon the sunken hills proper. The first thing that you notice is that the mansion strikes you as if it is a giant digging its way out of the earth. There's a large central building that it doesn't look like, you know, it's not designed to look like a head, but it's it has sort of a look about it that it's, again, erupting from the ground. There's two smaller buildings off to either side that kind of resemble like hands as if this thing was pulling itself out. The building that connects from the, from what would be the head out back almost looks like a, a body kind of going back. So it's, it does not look like a giant, but there's an abstraction to it that you can kind of visualize that's what it is. The area where the sunken hills is very uneven ground, and you can sell, tell that the building, parts of it are underground, some more than others, some less. Very sort of, it almost does look like earth has been pushed in almost on like a grave. It, it's very sort of a macabre uh, sense. There is a fence that surrounds it, and you can see that, uh, in my mind, you're kind of looking almost down on it a little bit, that there are guards that are patrolling outside of the area. So is there anything in particular you guys would like to do to try to make your way to the mansion, either undetected or to take out the guards? Where are we in relationship to the, um, the door that we were originally going to use? The door that she was going to open for you is a servant's quarter, which, which would actually be near the back on one side or the other. I don't know that we established exactly. So you're basically on the opposite side. You're, you're coming towards the front, and you would need to get all the way around to the back to get to that door. I think we'll swing pretty wide out then and go around to the back. But we're not in a hurry to make to get in there. No. So I would say we'll take our time and make a pretty big swing around to where there's like no sense of them catching us. Okay. Go ahead and both of you make me a stealth check with advantage. 20. 17. So you continue to make sort of a wide swing towards the back side of the mansion. Uh, we'll say it takes about an hour to do so. While you are doing that, uh, you do catch a couple glimpses and you see that there are elven soldiers that are patrolling the grounds. You guess that there's probably three or four maybe because you think you see the same ones rotating. They appear to be really well maintained, I guess. They are, they're not just wandering around. There seems to be a, a pattern to what they're doing. It gives them a lot of ground to cover. There's not a lot of gaps in that coverage. They also don't seem to be on too strict of a regimen that would be easy to identify. So, Kay, with your training, these guys are good at what they do. You also see that they have, um, there's these, like, they look like, hounds but they also got like a cross between a, a hound and a porcupine 
So they have these long sort of nettles all along their back. And they're not like walking these like like guard dogs, but the dogs are also walking around. Every now and then they cross paths and the elves will, you know, interact with the hounds, pet it a lot, whatever, that kind of thing. Uh, you get the feeling that these hounds are also patrolling the grounds. But you were able to make it all the way to the back without any real issues. So we'll say it's now like 830. And as far as you can tell, there's no one has detected your presence yet. And you're as, you're as close to this back door as you can get without actually entering the grounds itself and crossing the fence. What kind of dogs were they? Well, they, they didn't actually look like real, like they basically are four-legged creatures that look sort of like dogs, but they have porcupine quills all along their backs. So they're not a breed of animal you're familiar with. Can I uh, roll me a... Can I try to search the mage hound's memories to see if he's familiar with any of them? Uh, as far as you know, the mage hound doesn't actually have any memories. Okay. Uh, if you want to roll me a like a knowledge check, there's a chance you might have heard of these creatures. Is it like a knowledge arcana or history or nature? What? We'll do nature. Five? Uh, no, you are wholly unfamiliar with these creatures. They do, I mean, to your eyes or however it is you see, they look like a cross between like a large greyhound-sized dog, but they have porcupine quills all along their back and like along their shoulders as well. Like a greyhound or a Great Dane? A greyhound, like thin. Like a running, yeah, faster. Kate will pull the uh, the pack of beef jerky out of his out of his pouch and kind of shrug. <laughs> Did you make that yourself? <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Well, we'll call that Plan D. <laughs> you know, D isn't the first letter. I know. Well, should we just go? Yeah, let's just walk up like we belong there. I do. We'll be we'll be stealthy, and then uh, like we'll wait until we can see a gap to where we're the least likely to be discovered, and then we'll get over to the entrance as quick as possible. So both of you roll me a stealth check, and we're going to cut over to Everin. So Everin, you are waiting till three or four of the guards are walking up the gangplank. Yeah. Then you're going to cast grease on the gangplank. And, and I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to come up kind of like behind him so there's a trail onto, so that if one of them doesn't see it, it's like a like a trail from the gangplank onto the onto the dock, so it looks like a trail. So it's, it almost looks natural, like they just missed it before. To, to try to cover my tracks, literally. Okay. Uh, now, if I'm correct, there are verbal and somatic components to the grease spell? Technically, yes. Okay, so I'm going to have you roll to see if you can do this without being seen. The spell will still happen. It's just whether or not they're going to see you doing the whole... Well, my hope was that I held my hand out kind of gesturing to them so that when I pulled my hand back in, it would kind of be part of the motion. Okay, so then that would be more of like a deception check. Sure, let's so, go for it. So we'll go with, go with a deception? It's a seven. All right, so... Or or can I, or I can use my, my point to make it happen. If you want to use your token, do you have one? I mean, uh, well, you, you all should have one. I don't know if you physically have one. Uh, no. No, I mean, <laughs> we do, but I'm... Uh, I know, I'm thinking this should be the one, because otherwise I'm boned. So, yeah, let's let's move the... Uh, let's use the token to, to make this okay. succeed, hopefully. Uh, so, at this point, you can describe <clears throat> Tell me exactly how this looks. So, um... As uh, the sergeant and three of his, um, his, his three of his goons get on the gangplank, I kind of retract my hand and take a step to my right because they're coming in and going up to my left up the gangplank. 
I, I pull my hand in and kind of flick my wrist a little bit, invert a few fingers and uh, cast grease. And um, I kind of make eye contact and start to say something to the other two that I've yet to go so that they're not looking down. And grease just kind of rushes up from the, uh, it's a, it's a 10 foot cube. So it's plenty of space, but it comes rushing. I wouldn't say rushing up, but it just kind of bubbles up from the, uh, the end of the dock there in the immediate area and the gangplank. Um, and, uh, being that it's around water too, it's going to be pretty slick to hopefully to get them to slip and fall. Yeah, uh, you can describe that too. You use a token. Um, so as the uh, so as the the last couple get on there, I want to try to slip in it myself, acting because I know it's there. Um, and I'll put weight on the last guy, and I just want to domino them effect um, into them. Hopefully, um, the gangplank being only literally like two feet wide at most, there's really nowhere for them to fall other than off of the gangplank and into the water between the dock and the boat. Perhaps the the sergeant being the farthest up along might make it off of there, but uh, uh, my goal is to get the rest of them to fall off and into the water. Okay, so pretty much as you described, uh, you start this domino effect, and the the soldiers start to slip, and they grab a hunt of the one in front of them, and then they grab the one in front of them, and they start sliding off basically on both sides. So at one point, some guy's got like the belt loop of another guy, and his arm is all that's holding them above the water, and then it it's too much weight and then it comes loose. So all five of them will end up splashing into the like water. Penguins going over the side, either or, <laughs> yeah, you know, left, dude, right, dude, left, dude. right. It's almost like it's choreographed and looks beautiful. And you see Garrett uh, at the top, he turns and he starts to like yell. And then he kind of stops and he cocks his head as if he hears something. And he actually turns his head sort of up and your gaze follows. Like you just, you know, you're not sure what's going on. And you see an, a, a gnomish, but an elven airship flying towards the city. And you hear him, guard Gerd say, Laust has returned. And at the same time, you start to see that the side of your ship starts to shimmer very faintly. And you can see the name, the letters are starting to change. And they're, it's like they're flickering between Draco Skydiver and Dark Discovery. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize, but we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything, 
please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>